Can you say that part again? Hard pass. <laughs> the pettiness. Let's just start the show. the lovish podcast and i'm your host sita hood a licensed clinical social worker each week i'm going to help you to develop the belief and strategy necessary to make an immediate impact on the world by deep diving into topics like mental wellness faith relationships and love i should mention before we hop into the show this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist you ready Let's get it. Hello, hello. Welcome back for another episode of the Lovish Podcast. If you are listening to this episode on your favorite listening app, it's another video podcast. And I happen to have a special guest for this episode who is currently looking at me with such admiration. (laughs) I will. Oh, what's happening? <laughs> I will introduce her to you in just a second. But if you are a person that prefers video podcasts, please head over to my YouTube channel and check out the video podcast. Trust me, I think this is one that you're going to want to see our facial expressions on. But without further ado, I would like to welcome to the show. I, we did not discuss whether you want your full government name on this podcast. I mean, <laughs> I guess that's fine. Okay. I'm going to leave this in, by the way. I just, it's fun. <laughs> um, so this is my friend, my one of my close friends, two peas in a pod, but not best friends. <laughs> I always like to say. This whole episode is going to be off the chain. And it is. And I am Jesus' favorite daughter. So this is Jesus' second favorite daughter, Marquiana Griffin. Give her a hand clap. I don't know if you want to redo that intro and tell everyone that I'm Jesus' favorite daughter. That would be fun. Only people who are the favorite daughter hold their hands like this. (laughs) I do that all the time. Did you get that from me? At any rate, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So uh, we are at the point where we are, where I wanted to open up the show for guests because, of course, the reason why I started the podcast was to open up the door for authentic conversation. And what would conversations be if I wasn't like, what would the show be if I wasn't having some of those conversations on the show? So you are the second guest on the show here. And before we jump into the content of the episode, um, I don't want to really start by saying like, 
how I met you and everything. I want you to tell us about you first. And then I'm going to be like, all right, this is the deal, y'all. This is the real tea. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about yourself. Okay. Thank you for that warm welcome. (laughs) For me, Jesus' favorite daughter. Um, (laughs) My name is Marquiana, as Seeds said. I call her Seeds. Um, I am a Chicago native, hardly home, always repping. I am the second oldest of my mom's four kids. Um, I am now officially a fourth year PhD student. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Also, shout out to the second kids. We out here repping. We are. We do have the same birth order. And we also have the youngest one is the boy. Exactly. No shade to the rest of the kids, but it's clear when you're the favorite. (laughs) You're Jesus's favorite. Your parents' favorite. Just maybe. (laughs) All right. Um, And I mean, that's pretty much it. I love to read. I love music. Um, I love rollerblading when the weather is nice. I like naps. I like good binge-worthy TV. Mm. And I think that's about it. Okay, cool beans. So Marquiana and I used to work at an organization that shall remain nameless because they were a little bit different and interesting are the best word to describe them. And um, I think I worked there before you did, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I worked there before she did. And I had this tiny little closet as an office. Like, literally, it used to be a storage closet. (laughs) And they turned it into an office for me. Yes, that is social worker life, (laughs) y'all. Marquiana, on the other hand, had an actual office. That I shared with somebody. (laughs) Was the person even really there half the time? Enough. They were there enough. I feel like if you had to think about it, not really. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing right now? We're just talking. (laughs) Anyway, um, we did we come in with other people too? I know I started as an intern, but I don't know if I was still an intern when you got there or not. I don't know because I started in like May. Um, oh, okay. So, I was definitely getting paid by then. Okay. Yeah. I was getting paid a little bit. <laughs> then, I mean, I didn't say it was much. But. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you were you were full time by the time I started. Okay. So Marquiana and I, I feel like had an instant connection, but I feel like it was a little different than what I personally was accustomed to. Like Marquiana, you might disagree, but like I feel like you were very boundary clear from the beginning. <laughs> and I was like, what? A boundary? She doesn't want to eat lunch with me. <laughs> what did I do to her? <laughs> um, I would agree. I don't even know if I thought about it as boundaries, though. I think it was just I always went into jobs. It's like I've been spoiled. So all of my friends, like I have the same group of friends from like elementary school, from high school. So I guess Cute. coming into <laughs> hater. <laughs> so I guess coming into like any job, it was like. I didn't come in. It wasn't like, I'm not going to be friends with anybody. But 
I guess it was kind of like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, if it happens, then it kind of happens. And it was also like, I don't know, workplaces can be messy and stuff like that. So I'm like one track mind. Like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do and then leave. So I was a little resistant, a little reticent to it. You're a pretty tight fortress. Like, I was like, "Eh, does she like me? Does she not like me at one point? And um, I'm trying to think about the point that changed it for us. Probably TP. <laughs> there was other people <laughs> that we worked with. Seeds is hilarious. So she's going to like <laughs> muzzle you in and wing you over anyways. But there was some funny stuff happening. It was like mostly black people, which I love. So there was always like some off the chain stuff happening. Um, did I come up with that name? <laughs> yes, you did. Of course you did. <laughs> okay. So guys, obviously we have a lot of inside jokes and we cannot tell this one. This one has to be just, <laughs> we, we can't go this. to the grave with it. <laughs> Literally. Cause if this person, <laughs> it's no, it's just no. So, but there are some other jokes that we can possibly let you in on, but Yeah, I think that it was just probably my persistence beyond your fortress walls (laughs) that was like evident. I mean, because I also feel like we were the youngest people there with the exception of TP. (laughs) And we had to work together because we had to sign people up for services. So we had to like kind of figure out each other's schedules and stuff like that, which I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I remember that. And then you ended up tutoring me. Because I was like, and this math. Cool. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, did I ask you to say what subject? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> it's okay. Talk about how I hate math all the time on the show. Okay, so let's jump into this. From my perspective, like I talked about, you are a person with very clear boundaries. You are somebody that is um, fun and amazing and very very powerful woman of god a very kind friend loving caring um you were part of my wedding which is always special to me yeah you forgot that i have a picture oh i'll pop it on the screen just kidding (laughs) (laughs) who asked for that (laughs) i mean if i could find it i might pop it up there but you were going down a path. I, I'm going to continue. Okay. Seriously, though, um, I I think that from my perspective, even though you might disagree, you have always been a person that's been comfortable with who you are, or at least presented that you were comfortable with who you are from the moment that I met you. So I I wanted to invite you on the show to talk about that, like in the context of. Um, relationship building, friendships, uh, because at this point, oh my gosh, you're so old. We've been friends for over 10 years. You're so old? (laughs) Yeah, that's you, not me. (laughs) Okay, well, if you're not getting older, then you're dead, so. Okay, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll accept the truth. (laughs) I guess, this one time. You're so petty. (laughs) But my question... What does it mean to be comfortable in your own skin? Okay, so it's funny that you say like, oh, you (laughs) strike me as a person who has always been comfortable in your own skin because I think that's kind of true and also kind of not. 
And I think it's kind of true because I feel like I've always been kind of, um, <coughs> excuse me, contrarian in a sense and not that I'm trying to be, but just like growing up feeling like maybe different from my siblings or different from, you know, friends and things like that. When I was a kid, my idea of fun was like, I'm going to walk to the library and read some books. (laughs) So (laughs) I think I was kind of like forced to be comfortable because if not, then I'm just kind of like, I guess not really enjoying myself. And I do enjoy my own company, you know, and consistently learning to enjoy being in my own skin. So that part of me feels like, okay, some part of me was always a little different. And I just am like, this is who I am. (coughs) Excuse me, my whole throat is so dry. Is I guess like, as I'm aging and maturing and things like that, realizing and I heard a lot of people say this like once you turn 30 you just stop caring about a whole lot of stuff and you start prioritizing certain things and whatever you know doesn't make the cut you kind of like it is what it is and I feel like it's just a natural progression for most people if you're lucky that as you get older then you get more um you start feeling more comfortable with yourself and then one of the things that I thought about was I have a friend we're in the same department and she was on the job market. And so I asked her how her interview went and she said, well, I was myself. So I feel good about it. And that little simple statement to me was like, that's something that we should all carry with us. Like wherever we go, show up fully as Mm. yourself. Um, And some people are going to love it. Some people won't. And I mean, I say show up fully with as yourself with the caveat, knowing that, not everybody should get 100% access to you, but you should always be authentic. And for me, that, you know, means little things like um, I was listening to Simone Sanders. I think that's her name. She was really active with uh, Bernie Sanders campaign and also with uh, Joe Biden's campaign. And she was talking about like even the professional voice. And she's like, why do we feel like we need to change our voice? You know, now, granted, I'm not going to say the same ratchet off the chain stuff at work that I'm going to say with my friends. (laughs) Um, Anyways. (laughs) So even just like, you know, like your voice, the way that your voice sounds, we feel like, oh, I got to, you know, change my voice in these settings and things like that. So I think it's just those little things that as you get older, you're just like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting on a show? It's exhausting sometimes. So so I heard several different things. What you hear, girl? <clears throat> One, I heard, I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. <laughs> Pull up to the scene with my celebrity. <laughs> That's what I heard. And then I was like, and we're going to pause here and have a word from our sponsor for this episode. When are you going to stop pretending like you're superwoman? Yes, I know you believe if you don't do it, it won't get done. Take a deep breath and pause with me for a moment here. You're doing too much. You know it and I know it. Let's stop pretending and get you some relief starting today. Do you set weekly wellness goals? 
If not, you've got to start. No more leaving yourself last on your to-do list. I want you to download the Confident Bay app and start using the weekly wellness tracker now. It's 100% free to use and it comes with a digital journal to help you process thoughts and feelings on the go. You can even meet a tribe of like-minded women inside of Bay's Digital Cafe. I'm serious. Take off your cape, take a deep breath, and download the app at thepinkemerald.com forward slash app or hit the link in the show notes. Have you been playing small, building someone else's dream while yours slowly dies inside of you? When you walk through the candle aisle of Target with your Starbucks in your hand, dreaming of your next season, you wonder if it's actually possible. You're tired of living the same mediocre cycle. You take the kids to school. You go to a job you're great at, but you feel miserable working at. You pick up the kids. You make dinner. You spend some time with your loved ones. You go to bed and you start the same cycle all over again. What would your kids say if they could see you hiding? How long are you going to hold on to the illusion of who people say you are? I'm Sita Hood, vision architect, but licensed therapist by trade. And I help women to take their big ideas from the dreamer stage into a tangible reality. I want to invite you to activate your influence. I want to invite you to join Activate, a 90-day accelerator for visionary women. Inside of Activate, you're going to learn how to clarify your vision, curate your wellness routines, command your day, and confidence impact any environment you walk into. Aren't you tired of playing small? When's the last time you truly bet on yourself? I want to invite you to level up. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. Okay, so this is like when you get in your 30s and then blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure you accepted yourself before you your 30s, like... We were not 30s when we met, and the acceptance was headstrong in that period. So there's that. (laughs) Is this the part where you call out people on your show? No, (laughs) no. You actually, right now, I don't know if I've ever been like this loose on the show. Loosey-goosey. Yeah, it's. (laughs) <laughs> like y'all this is for sure an episode for the people because I'm one of those people that be like lovish podcast and blah, 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 blah. you know and I professional try to voice right so I've talked on the show a lot about like I'm gonna give you my authentic self but like you said like I don't have to show you 100% of my heart and who I am, because at some point that is also a protective factor for me, because let's be real. It's hard out here in these internet streets sometimes, right? These folks will drag you. They will drag you. And I know that the day is going to come where I'm going to have to be okay with somebody dragging me on something that I said or did, you know? So I'm just trying to build up, you know, the confidence, the fortitude that you have. <laughs> it's funny that you're like complimenting me on fortitude because I feel like 
you're pretty comfortable in your skin because I think a part of that is also like not being a hater because when you're comfortable in who you are then you accept like this is for me that's for them and I can celebrate other people and you are good you're like a girl's girl you're gonna you know celebrate other people's wins and things like that so why are you talking about I had a you know the walls of Jericho (laughs) (laughs) seven days of marching for real okay but no okay that's I mean that's good to know I think that probably what it sounds like from both of our answers is that like it's also perspective based because we don't necessarily see ourselves as um completely there or as far as we would like to be I guess in terms of like being comfortable or whatever but that is the way that we are perceived by others Um, Because I would say that over the past few years, I have developed a strong level of confidence and comfort. So like, but I know that when I first met you, I was not the Sita that I am today. Like, Mm. um, yeah, I definitely was not. I could go back and do an entire episode on that Sita. But um, we're not talking about that today. I was going to say, what what was your uh, turning point? Okay. Um. That's actually a great question. My turning point for, I guess, developing comfort was probably after a bunch of rejections, right? Like rejections of, I I think that a lot of times we think we leave certain patterns of trying to fit in with the cool kids in our childhood, but we don't. Like in college, you'd be like, I'm grown. I don't need that happen. And then you'd be low key, like, so what she say about me when I wasn't there? Like, you know? Yep. And then you try and, oh, well, if Jessica had these pants, then I'm going to go get these pants because they weren't given, you know? And those are like the little ways that we change parts of ourselves to fit the mold. So I was laughing when you said that. excuse me, your idea of fun was walking to the library and reading books because that's what I did too. (laughs) Right. Like I actually volunteered at the library after school and high school. Oh no. I did. And I did a bunch of books like super nerd. No shame. (laughs) No judgment. Oh, I know. I mean, I was judging you a little bit on the inside. But. Yeah, I know. It's okay. You you just you felt like you had to say no judgment because you're on the show. No doubt. <laughs> it's like volunteering at the library after school. That's a step too far for me. <laughs> recover, recover. Okay. Anyway, ma'am, for your information, the library was lit. Was it filled with literature? <laughs> <laughs> literally, it was literally lit. <laughs> yes, it was. But anyway, <laughs> I, used to, I used to do that and then come home and read my books. Like, I think that really learning about like categorizing books and all that other stuff, like, you. Do not look at me with that face because you like, to do, you like to do your little silly numbers and your Excel sheets. I like to organize books and other things. That's why I said no judgment. Minimal judgment. Anywho, 
I guess in high school, there was a certain level of comfort because I was also in theater. So like, really? Yeah. Is there something you'd like to say? No. (laughs) (laughs) That did come off like, whoa. I was thinking like, you have to be a really like comfortable person because they always like make fun of kids and say theater kids are weird and stuff. So, But would you believe that I was still like pretty known in school? Like the the captain of the football team was my boyfriend. So like. (laughs) Is this a sitcom from the 90s? (laughs) No. But I'm just saying, like, I, 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 I say that to say that I guess I was comfortable on some level with being my authentic self because I, I was in theater. I, and I listen, how I be showing up and acting a fool in our friendship or even if a person happens to see me like at an event and I'm acting a fool, that's how I was acting when I was acting in shows. You know, I brought my full self. So being at, the library, the theater, uh, but still being like, yes, I'm me and dope enough to date the captain of the football team, you know, and to be clear, it does not matter that he was the captain of the football team. Like, I I mean, he was cute, but, and it it, it, positions meant nothing to me. Like I just, I dated him because I thought he was cute. Right. But I say that because just because I was in those roles or honoring who I was of like being a library kid, being a theater kid, whatever, it didn't mean that I also was not seen or my presence was not known um, in this school. So after a series of like rejections and friendships, because I do feel like even though I was comfortable, there were still parts of me that I changed to fit the mold when I wasn't really, I guess, aware, like consciously aware of that. And so after all of those rejections, it was like, okay, girl, what, what's the deal? What what you going to do with yourself? You know? (laughs) So, um, that actually leads me into the next question. When do you think you became comfortable with who you are? Like you said, it was kind of like always there, but then you kind of hinted around, you know, well, I think after 30, even though I say it was before that, but this is your interview. I was like, here you are answering my question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think a major turning point for me was, and it was after 30 to prove my point was when I started taking my mental health seriously, because then I was like, okay, like I'm gonna, you know, finally uh, go to therapy. And I don't know if you remember this, but I started going, like I went for like a, um, like a routine annual checkup or whatever with my primary care provider. And she just asked one question about like my mental health. And I was like, yeah, actually, you know, I'm struggling, you know, I'm struggling with depression and things like that. And she gave me some diagnosis. And I remember telling you, and you were like, we don't call it that. (laughs) you were like who told you this (laughs) and so it clearly was not in the dsm (laughs) i don't even remember that but i probably did you're like that's an antiquated name we don't really say Mm -hmm. that anymore and i was like Mm -hmm. okay issue still stands thank you (laughs) Um, (laughs) well i hope i gave you some advice for moving forward (laughs) you did okay (laughs) but you play her like leave it to the professionals (laughs) um (laughs) 
probably the nurse came from the doctor. You did, but okay. <laughs> 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 nice try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the problem with having friends on the show. Who told you to put all my business out in the street? I Go mean, on, if, if we're not being authentic, then who are we being? Facts. Carry on. Thank you. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I started going to therapy. I was like, okay, I'm gonna like I knew I had been dealing with depression for like years and years, but I was like, okay, I'm finally gonna, you know, like go to therapy and work on myself, blah, 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 blah. And I think what happened during that time is whenever you're like working on self-improvement again, that just becomes a priority. And it made me, whether I consciously did it or unconsciously did it, consider like relationships in my life and friendships and familial relationships in my job and things like that. Yeah. It just makes you take inventory of everything. And then I was just like, I never had a problem really saying no. Don't you say nothing. And (laughs) I know that. Carry on. I said, don't you say anything. Anyways, but I became even more comfortable with it because now, ever since then and now, I'm literally like, my mental health is the most important thing. If it's going to cost me my peace, my mental health is too expensive. I cannot afford it. And Mm -hmm. so I think that also made me more comfortable because that's the priority now. If it, I'm not going to fake smile places. I'm not going like if I know I'm going to go somewhere and feel bad about myself or feel miserable, I'm just not going to show up. And I think a lot of times and I hear people say it that like they talk about the things they do as if they have to do it. And I think we talk ourselves into certain stuff like I have to do this thing. And it's like you really don't. I mean, that's some things you're going to have to do. Like, don't go quitting your job and being poor and broke (laughs) or anything like that. Because some people do that. For protecting their peace. Yeah, they do. And I'm like... a different level. Because now you have no financial peace. I got two things going on. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe more if you get evicted. Hello. (laughs) So, yeah, just for me, I'm just like, no, I just know full sentence for certain things and... I just need to have joy and peace in my life and everything else kind of, you know, flows from there. And once I got comfortable with like talking about it, like therapy gives you the language to kind of put to how you're feeling and what you're going through, then I felt even more comfortable in my skin. So I love that. Um, What comes to mind for me that I would love for you to kind of clarify a little bit is how people say, like, I'm protecting my peace and my energy. And people on the show have heard me be like, I haven't dragged a specific person on protecting my peace and my energy and everything. But I've talked about that on the show. And I do believe in protecting your peace. But I feel like I almost said something. People. Okay take it too far <laughs> some people mean? take it too far I mean um you know we'll say things like we'll use protecting my peace as an excuse for not confronting some some stuff in relationships that we really need to confront so I guess can you speak to the boundary there or thoughts around that like getting, I guess, really clear about how to define the difference between cutoff culture and I'm protecting my peace, but you really being toxic. 
Ooh, um, <clears throat> that's a really good question. I think Thank for you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just relishing that compliment. Um, I think for me, I mean, I think when you okay, there's a couple things. <clears throat> None of us are perfect, and I think unpack it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and unpack it, sis, because I just feel like you're about to preach. <laughs> None of us are perfect. And I feel like part of that comes from being aware and knowing that just like people cross the line with you or people have said reckless things to you that you've also probably crossed the line with people and said reckless things to people. And when you're aware of that, then you're more prone to give people grace. And I think it's just about using wisdom to know like, okay, I've extended grace, but now this is harmful to me or harmful to us, or this is like become a toxic relationship. And the thing is, is one of my friends, she jokes and says, I have the gift of goodbye. <laughs> I will I be love like, that. <laughs> no, head on. Um, <clears throat> but when you care about people, you can't, and when you, when you're mature, you just can't cut people off. Um, so it's just about using wisdom to determine like, I guess where to draw the line. And then there's some situations where there's people in your life where you create a boundary and you don't completely cut them off, but you realize, okay, like maybe I have to like love you from over there. And maybe I just talk to you a little less frequently and things like that. So yeah. Did I answer your question? I feel like yeah, I was just... Yeah, no, no, you did. And I really actually feel like um, to be fair, you know, I've said this on the show before, like, no, you, you get to a certain level of maturity and you don't just like simply cut people off, but that doesn't mean that you will never cut somebody off. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to be um, intentional about it. Like making sure that it's coming from a place that is, um, I really want to just say authentic and intentional for you. Like not necessarily just to be doing it or just to be avoidant or just to be mean or rude or whatever. And I can't even get into the depth of, of that piece, like cutting people out. Like that's therapy right there. Like that's a whole therapy session. If you're not getting this and you're like, but they did this. So I'm going to cut them off. And that's cool. Like you probably should go talk to your therapist about that. Cause okay. yeah. <laughs> but to that point, I guess, what if, like, people have a line? Because everybody has their, like, deal breakers. So what if somebody has a deal breaker and then somebody just goes, you know, over the deal breaker that one time? I mean, I think is it, it okay then on, to cut somebody? I think it depends on who it is. Because, like, if it's a, if it's, I mean, there's just certain lines you don't cross. Like, okay, before I even answer this, like, trigger warning, trigger warning you might want to skip ahead on the episode like a minute or so but let's say for example if you're married and you find out that your spouse has like sexually assaulted your kids that's you know you that's a you know what i'm saying but then or at least for me it would be you know what i'm saying uh and it's we'll just keep it on moving um and now let's say a different situation. If I say something that uh, I can't really think of an extreme example right now, but let's just say money management. If you feel like it is uh, 
not okay for your spouse to keep quitting jobs repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. That's a boundary for you. And they do it. So now that's up to you to determine if that's the point where you leave the relationship or cut things off. So I think it depends on what the action is, who the person is doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because like, if there's a difference, there's, there's levels to this ish. All right. <laughs> that concludes your TED talk. I mean, really quickly. <laughs> so what are some challenges that you faced while you were learning to be your authentic self? Um, I think the most <clears throat> recent, most prevalent one is kind of, I guess, like imposter syndrome, mm. which started when I started my um, PhD program. And I know it's not unique to me because we enter as a cohort and I've heard some other people in my cohort and and in other cohorts talk about it. But um. To be completely honest, I guess it was like I always kind of put worth in like my work and mm. career and education on, and stuff woman. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. So, <laughs> you are going to be off the chain the whole time. The whole time. Just I love saying. it. <laughs> um, and so coming in, um, and just like a little background about my experience, I'm like a much older student than people in my cohort. So they're coming from, many of them are coming from undergrad. So we're just at completely different points in our life. And I think what also contributed to it is that I'm, um, I'm in sociology and I had never taken a sociology class. And I know some people are like, sis, what you doing? <laughs> it's working. I'm, I'm in year four. So I made it. But <laughs> I, think, um, <laughs> I think um, a lot of them came in with just like even a certain language or a certain vocabulary. And I'm like learning everything from scratch. But we're all matriculating through the program at the same time. And just to... I mean, for people who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's just like doubting your abilities and kind of feeling like a fraud. And I was just kind of like questioning, like, okay, I know I got in, so obviously I belong here, but it's just this weird space of leaving, like completely leaving my career to like start school again. And it was just- Yeah, that was a beast thing. Like completely a beast. I was like, nah, wait, you doing what now? (laughs) A lot of people were. They were like, but you ain't gonna have no job. <laughs> they were just like, it didn't make sense. It it still is making sense to me slowly, but yeah. Well, I was more so tripping on the fact that you wouldn't be here anymore. Like the no job thing, okay, fine. You're rich already. So like, you know. <laughs> hmm, interesting. <laughs> Embrace it. <laughs> you must be speaking about future me. <laughs> By faith. <laughs> Okay, we're not going to get into the $58 bra, okay? <laughs> I already told you, and I told Mimi this the other day, too, that when Mimi, like she promised, starts taking care of me, and she was like, what? Then we'll get your bra, and she's never going to take care of me, so. So that's a little backstory here, because what I just heard out of your mouth literally seconds ago was a lie, because I'm you're going to buy that bra. <laughs> so... What this sounds it? like you're threatening me in public and on a I'm public not forum. threatening you. I'm going just because you change your voice. I'm not threatening you. Make it sound nicer. You literally just did. <laughs> it's a conversation we had, and I'm trying to include the people mm-hmm. so they know. Go ahead. <laughs> when we were younger, 
And I was more broke. <laughs> you were rich. I mean, you were like several tax brackets above me. I was, we were having a conversation and I was like, sis, these bras getting expensive. <laughs> you were like, I know. And then I said, you got all that money over there. Buy your girl a bra. And you <laughs> did say yes. So to be on this podcast telling me that you will never buy me a bra. Jesus, your kids down here lying, Lord. First of all, <laughs> the way that you even tell the story was buy your girl a bra. Like you like tried to bring out your South Side and really like intimidate me into I doing didn't. this thing. I remember it differently. Okay, tell me what if you, you have mean. if you have the recording, then we can just clear this up. <laughs> but you don't. Phone. You See, don't. Oh my God, you should be a politician because <laughs> you're out here saying making promises to the people and then publicly denying your promises. <laughs> Perfect politician. <laughs> I'm a person of integrity. I'll have you know. Okay. Uh-huh. So those are the challenges that you faced. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Thank thank you for sharing. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you want to catch part two of this episode, please be sure to join us next week. 